the Green Bay Packers showed some fight in a terrific and encouraging performance from a young core that looks like it only has an opportunity to get better. All of that on today's show. Caught by Watson. You are locked on Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked on podcast network. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. It is a great tool to keep you on track. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. We questioned on this show whether or not the Packers, after that mm, day two performance, we talked about it with Taylor Kyles earlier on our, it wasn't quite a crossover show, but it was a, a opponent summer Friday kind of situation. And we wondered if they missed an opportunity, missed an opportunity to show they had that dog in them, right? And the New England Patriots come out focused. They come out engaged. They come out sticky in man coverage. And the Packers offense, a little shaky. A little shaky. And then the Packers responded. Jordan Love hits Romeo Dobbs on a beautiful, a beautiful go ball. He hits Jaden Reed on an absolute dot after a scramble that started a little bit of a fracas. It is a great sign of a team that can respond to have a situation like that. And this is just preseason, but you, you play who you play and you're in the situation that you're in. So you have to respond only to that situation. That's all we can judge right now. These are the touchstones this baby Packers team has to be hitting. And Jordan Love goes down. He gets laid on top of by a New England Patriot. And guess what? Half the Packers' offensive line is in the mix. The Patriots get called because there's some extracurricular after the fact. And now, here you are, scoring a touchdown. Matt LaFleur, after last week, mentioned that this team is playing with a different kind of edge. It's playing with a different sort of mentality, a different physicality. And that's what we saw in this game. They started out against a very good running defense, a top 10 defense by DVOA last year. That's playing their guys. Christian Barmore is out there. Jalen Mills, their, their, their guys were out there. There was an intensity to this game. Jalen Mills is out there flapping his gums before the game has even started. There was some juice to this game, even though it was a preseason game. So you want to see... How do your guys respond? Because the Packers didn't respond well 
on day two of the joint practices. So you, you have now this moment to rise to that occasion. After the Packers th- threw that touchdown, the dot from Jordan Love to Jaden Reed, you had Zach Tom in the face of a Patriots defender. And he got called for an unsportsmanlike conduct. It's the photo that is the lead image on this podcast. And, and guess what happened? When Jordan Love took that hit, that what the uh, officials deemed an illegal hit, by the way, when he took that hit, he got up doing this, talking, talking, and not just talking. He did what you'd expect Aaron Rodgers to have done or what you'd expect Brett Favre to have done. Not that he's going to be those guys, but that is the sort of swagger that, as Kevin Harlan pointed out on the broadcast, the Packers have come to expect from the quarterback position, the first year since 1991, neither Brett Favre nor Aaron Rodgers is on this roster. And so to have a guy who can still bring you that swagger, who makes his teammates want to go run through a brick wall for him. That is an exciting thing to see, even in just little bits. And I thought our pal Wendell Ferreira summed it up really beautifully on Twitter during the game. He said, look, Jordan Love is not going to suck. He's just not going to suck. Like this idea that, oh, he could come out and stink. No, he's not going to be that. He may not be great. It is, it is going to be what level of not bad is he? Is he below average, but just slightly? Is he average? Is he above average? Is he really good? Is he great? We don't know. But I am ready to be there with, this guy is not just a, a washout. Like even Blake Bortles took his team to an AFC championship game. Jared Goff went to the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl. It can happen in the modern NFL. And there's so many young players to be excited about on this team that even if you don't quite have all of the uh, uh, talent at the quarterback position, if you have talent elsewhere, you can make this work. Now, that's not to say that they don't have that talent. Jordan Love absolutely has that talent. The question is, how high can he take it? But, but this mentality, and, and Jacob Westendorf shared a really interesting story that I thought was great. He said he was talking to someone around the organization after the Favre trade. And he said there was a cloud lifted off the team. That, yeah, Brett Favre, they had just gone to the NFC Championship game, all that stuff. But the will he, the won't he, that stuff. There was a pall over this organization. And that's just gone. And it's hard not to think about that right now. That there is a different kind of energy. There's a different kind of energy to this team right now. And they are playing with that ferocity. They're playing with that. We have something to prove energy. 
And I absolutely, I absolutely love it. All right, I want to talk about the defensive front. I want to talk about the receivers on this team. We are going to do all of that in just a second. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. There is always an opportunity for you to be a little sharper, be a little better, to be the best version of yourself, to confidently walk into decisions and say, I know what to do here. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. Thanks, Mike McCarthy. The more you practice, the easier it gets. And BetterHelp with their licensed therapists can help you get there. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. And thanks to everyone that makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Everydayers, we've got on the show this week, the final preseason game. Is Jordan Love going to play? Who is going to play? What spots on this roster are still up for grabs? Plenty to dig into this week on Locked on Packers. I was struck in this game, struck at the level of play from this defensive front. It started with the starters. And the thing about that is, it wasn't the starters. It wasn't the starters. Rashawn Gary's not out there. Preston Smith, I think, played two or three snaps. He did the Aaron Jones. And then from the jump, Justin Hollins, Kingsley and Ibarre, then after him, Lucas Van Ness, Brenton Cox, Keyshawn Banks. This team is six deep at outside linebacker. It's six deep at outside linebacker. It is incredible the depth that Brian Gutekinds has put together at this position group. And it is exciting to think about what they can do to opposing passers. Now, there's still some issues in the run game, but you hope the more disruptive players you can put on the field, the more negative plays you can create. In the modern NFL, you really have to live with the positive plays that offenses are going to generate because they're going to generate them. And you have to balance them with your own negative plays. And that is the defense that Brian Gutekinds has tried to put together. We're just going to live by creating negatives for you. TFLs, sacks, sack fumbles. And that's what we saw in this game. Lucas Van Ness had a TFL. Kingsley and Ibarri had two sacks, one where he forced a fumble. Justin Hollins in on a number of pressures. Kobe Wooden in on a number of pressures. Carl Brooks, a TFL, and then a sack that didn't count. He was all over the field. Kobe Wooden, the rookie from Auburn, all over the field. These two rookies, Wooden and Brooks, my goodness. And, and this is not just a, uh, you know, deep in the preseason. No, they were doing this early in the game. Like, if, if you just looked at the players on the field this week, you would not know that Devontae Wyatt was the first-round pick and Carl Brooks was the late-day three pick or Kobe Wooden was the late-day three pick. Wooden and Wyatt played some snaps on the field at the same time 
and Wooden looked like the better player. Now, I think that's more about Wooden than Wyatt. Wyatt made some really nice plays last week against the Bengals. He's been awesome in training camp against a really, really good offensive line. We've talked about this offensive line a lot. Everydayers are well-versed in the quality of this offensive line. This Packers team has such depth at this position. I can't remember the last time they had depth like this. I can't remember the last time that they could put this many quality players on the field over the course of a game. I don't remember it. Like even go back to that Super Bowl season when the last time they had a really good defense, by the way, that defensive line was not that deep. They had Colin Jenkins. They had Johnny Jolly. They had Ryan Pickett. They picked up Howard Green mid-season. And like, that was kind of it. They, that's what, they had to pick up Howard Green mid-season precisely because they didn't have a ton of depth up front. They're playing Frank Zombo and Eric Walden in high-level playoff games because the rest of the guys are hurt. And they didn't really have, they didn't really have that many other guys to begin with. To be in a position like this is, we, haven't, we just haven't seen it. Now, talent is one thing. You have to go out and you have to do it consistently. But I go back to a conversation we had last year about this defense. It should have been better than it was last year. It just should have been. And so we can, and we can point to some reasons why it wasn't. Rashawn Gary was hurt. Devondre Campbell was hurt and then was back and then got hurt again. Um, you know, you, you had Russell Douglas playing out of position for half the season. There were some schematic things that I certainly had some problems with over the course of that season, but man, the talent on this team is remarkable. Now there still is that big question at safety, but the defensive front, like get excited. It's okay to be excited about talent. Talent doesn't always mean you're going to turn into good players. But the talent on this defensive front, this front seven, is as good as I can remember. And, and not just high picks, though Kenny Clark, first-round pick, Devontae Wyatt, first-round pick, Lucas Van Ness, first-round pick, Rashawn Gary, first-round pick. King Zanik Bari, I believe, fifth-round pick. Kobe Wooden, fourth-round pick. Carl Brooks, fifth or sixth-round pick. I don't remember off the top of my head, and it's 11.22 Eastern. I was driving all day. I'm exhausted. This, like, investment, sure, but almost all young players, and not all of them, and not all the guys that look like they're going to be real contributors. We're not even talking about TJ Slayton, who looks like he's going to be the full-time nose this year and who has been awesome this summer. That's what they have here. That's what they have here. And for those of you wondering... About the background, watching on YouTube, I'm traveling. I'm at a, I'm in a hotel conference room right now. And if the sound is weird, that's also why. Because I'm in a hotel conference room. So just so you know, that's the situation. But we are here because we are sickos. Because we, we just love this game with every ounce of our being. We're going to finish up talking about, speaking of things to love, the Packers receiving core and their young, their burgeoning chemistry with Jordan Love. You have an opportunity to make some serious money right now. 
at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, get this, this is wild. You get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So if you pick the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, you're not going to get great odds, right? But you will get bonus bets every time they win. That could be 11, 12, 13 plus times. You pick the Eagles, who I believe have the highest win total in the NFL. They were the last time I checked. You could get 13, 14 bonus bets to use on spreads, on player props, on over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Go check out the work being done at The Leap newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. We've got our Monday free newsletter. For those of you listening to the podcast, it is out today. For those of you on YouTube, we are live. We are live Saturday night. You're seeing it first. You got it first. But go check out what we're doing on Monday, a couple of days from now for you on The Leap. And go check us out on Subtext, Locked on Packers on Subtext, providing exclusive content direct to your phone. We get to message, we get to chat, we get to talk. It's a great opportunity for me to connect with you guys. The last thing I want to talk about here is this receiver room. Because if we take for granted Jordan Love is not going to be bad, then what can this group of pass catchers provide for him? How can they elevate him? As much as Jordan Love can elevate them, and he can, how can they elevate him? Like, for example, Romeo Dobbs, incredible catch on the sidelines. Terrific contested play on third and seven to win on the slant, a concept they called a number of times against the Eagles. Uh, and Jordan Love is just clearly comfortable reading that out and getting the ball out quickly with accuracy. But for example, Dobbs and Christian Watson, this happened last week. They fade a little too much. They're, tr- they're a little too worried about creating separation and not enough on stacking the corner. So they've both faded to the sidelines. They've won vertically. Both those guys won vertical on those go routes. But now you've got to stack the corner, which means you actually need to, the, the, the idea of the concept of stacking, for those of you who can see me on video, actually is what you think. And I'm going to try and describe it for those of you who can't see me, but it's actually to stack. You want to get on top of, if you're looking in a straight line, that corner, once you beat him over the top, You want to bag back into his line. So now he can't contest. He can't play half of you. And instead, what they've done is they're fading to the sideline and now there's nowhere to put the ball. The ball was a touch underthrown, a touch. But if Romeo Dobbs stays on his line, there's a whole drill dedicated to this. In fact, teams put red lines on their facilities, on their practice fields, so that receivers know This is your line on the go route. So when you win, get back to your landmark. I don't know if the Packers just aren't teaching it that way or what is going on exactly, but it is interesting that both Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are are not doing that. Still, Romeo Dobbs made an incredible play. Jaden Reed on the touchdown, he gets open. There's not really much there, but he makes a nice contested catch. Not super contested, but in some traffic. And then he finishes the play. They absolutely love him. 
the question that I, and we know Christian Watson, you guys know, I think Christian Watson is a future star. The tight ends, we'll see. They, Luke Musgrave is, is going to be a dude. Tucker Craft, we'll see. I don't really know what Josiah DeGuara is providing at this point other than the vibes, I guess. But it, it does get interesting to me after that. Because this was another game Malik Heath showed out. Malik Heath beating Christian Gonzalez, a first-round pick for the New England Patriots on multiple occasions. Couldn't finish the one play where there was the pass interference, a ticky-tack pass interference, but Malik Heath was open and had his hands on the ball, just couldn't finish it. Still made a couple really nice plays in traffic, nice hands catches, catches and run. If you were asking me right now who wide receiver four is on this team based just on the reps in the preseason, it's Malik Heath. Add in family night, add in the joint practices. It's not Samori Toure. I don't know what value he's providing. Mean, he's fast. He's done some nice things on teams. They like him as a player, but he's already on the older side. He was a 24-year-old rookie. So how much more upside is there really? Dontavian Wicks gets hurt in this game, dealt with injuries last year in college. You had an injury with Grant DuBose. He's been out in training camp. Maybe it is an issue with the level of play. It's Charlotte. I don't, I'm not sure. He's trying to get his sea legs under him a little bit maybe. To me, Malik Keith is that wide receiver four. And frankly, I would be really excited about him as wide receiver four. I think there's a lot of talent there. I have been banging the drum. I had a, a stat the other day that there were a slew of receivers that, that Malik Keith outperformed on a per route run basis last year at Ole Miss, including his teammate, Jonathan Mingo, who went, I believe, 36 in the draft. It was better than Zay Flowers, who went in the first round. It was better than Jackson Smith, the Jigba, who went in the first round. It was better than Cedric Tillman, who went in the third round. It was, he had a better yard per route run than a bunch of guys who were drafted, period, and then drafted with top 100 picks, multiple first-round picks, a handful of top 50 picks. He outperformed those guys. There's talent there. I'm really excited but to see what he can do with, with more opportunities. And I hope Grant DuBose can stay healthy and give them an opportunity to, to win this job because I think he could be the fourth-best receiver on this team. But we'll see. We'll see. A lot more that they still have to figure out. And we're going to talk through all of it this week on Locked on Packers. I do want to just mention the end of the game. It's, it's coming up in the chat. And I wanted to address that as well. There was an injury at the end. A scary injury. I, I frankly wish that on the broadcast they would not have showed it again. I was kind of surprised at, at the tone of the telecast at that point. Um, but that's neither here nor there. In the old days, they would have kept playing. And I, I, like, I, I kind of hate to do it like that, but it's the truth. In the old days, they just would have kept playing. They would have finished it, and the coaches would have been like, no, I need to see the seventh tight end on my team run down on a kickoff if my life depends on it. They've gotten a lot smarter about player safety and about mental health. And I think this was one of those mental health moments. You spend five minutes watching a guy get carted off into a stretcher. It has always been a weird phenomenon to me. In retrospect, a lot of the stuff like the Madden ambulance coming out, blitz, like it hasn't aged great. It's always been weird that it's like you watch a friend, a teammate, a family member. That's what they always say, football's family. 
get loaded into an ambulance and you're supposed to go play football after that? How? Why? I think they made the right call. I'm glad that they did it. And I also think the fact that it was already so late had something to do with it. It was already 10 o'clock Lambo time. Um, and so I think that the league is going in the right direction on this stuff. And I was really glad to see them make a really human decision in a game, in a league where those decisions aren't always the ones that teams decide to make. All right, back tomorrow on the audio feed. That'll be Tuesday. Otherwise, you can come check us out um, on the YouTube. You can go watch the video. Go watch the video. I, I do, again, apologize if there are any audio issues. I can't even hear the audio right now, just given what the setup is. But we had to do a show. I wanted to make sure we got something out here for you. So follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, like we are right now on YouTube, you can go subscribe to us over there so you can stay locked on Packers.